Welcome to Moving Through and Beyond, a podcast dedicated to sharing inspired journeys of redefining life, vision, and purpose after immense hardship and grief. My goal with this podcast is to give you hope and to let my guest journeys inspire you to make the choice to keep looking up. I'm your host, Carrie Conley. Welcome, everybody, to the Moving Through and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Conley, and I bring you this podcast to to introduce people to you in my life that are living very successful, fulfilled lives, but they've had some stories that they like to share. And I bring them on because I know that them sharing their stories and how they got through the journey might just help you. And one of my favorite humans in the entire world is joining me today, Mr. David Meltzer. Been such a big mentor to me in so many areas of my life, Dave, and I'm so honored that you're taking this time to be here with me today. I would be anywhere that you are anytime you ask, and you're just living proof that you got to ask, and that's all you got to do because it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm really looking forward to pouring into your community and sharing the stories and the lessons that I've learned along my journey with the messages uh, and the inspiration, intellect, and intuition uh, that has led me to what is a passionate, purposeful, and profitable life. Right. So many stories I have learned from you about your life, Dave. And I would love for you to just kind of share a little bit about your upbringing and we'll kind of maneuver through some of the losses that you've had too. Of course. Well, I was born into a world that many people live in and it's the world of not enough. My dad left when I was five and my mom, who's an extraordinary woman, raised six kids. Uh, She worked two jobs, packed my dinner in a paper bag most nights so she could fill up turnstiles at convenience stores for greeting cards and was a second grade teacher during the day, but still had time uh, to empower her children. Five of them, not me, but the other five went to the Ivy Leagues. Graduated summa cum laude from Harvard, Penn, Columbia. My mom was one of the biggest catalysts of not only our lives, but so many kids in our community from second graders to uh, all types of Sunday school teachings and even empowering young women uh, back then which was newer uh, with women's rights uh, in the 70s. So uh, the world of not enough was mostly financial. Everything was happening to me. I looked at all the rich kids and the beautiful cars and houses and families and said, why me? And my (laughs) mom told me that there is no why me. We are not victims. Things don't happen to us. There's only try me. And so I started trying really, really hard. Uh, to be rich so I could buy my mom that house that I always dreamed of. Uh, I thought she dreamed of, but later on in life, I found out it was my dream uh, (laughs) to provide her that house and uh, the car and all the great amenities that money can buy. Yeah. So you're just so close to your mom, Dave. Such a tribute that you were able to do that for her. And it's funny that you're saying that wasn't her dream. It was yours. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So, um, became a lawyer at one point. Yes. Right. And then moved into so many different directions of what you do now. And I know along the way of building all the wealth that you were seeking, um, you lost it all at one point. Yeah. So this, the second stage of my life was the world of to me, uh, and for me, right? So not the world of not enough, but nine months out of law school, I made a decision not to be a lawyer, even though my mom told me the internet was a fad and I shouldn't do it. Uh, I became an entrepreneur, worked in the internet. Our first exit in 1995 was $3.4 billion at Thomson Reuters, selling legal research online for West Publishing and the West Group. Um, And 
from that point on, my life uh, had a confirmation in the world of for me. Everything was for me. Complete optimist, a optimist. I was a philanthropist and a humanitarian. But everything, even philanthropy, was a trade, a negotiation. I found myself identifying myself with how much money I had. All I could talk about was money. All I deemed to be my value was the monetary gain that I could help myself and others with. And uh, I would buy things to be happy. I'd buy more things to be happy. I'd buy different things to be happy. I'd buy things to impress people. I'd buy things to impress people I didn't even like. Uh, and it was probably the most lonely, saddest time uh, of my life, which is completely ironic that I had mm -hmm. everything. I mean, not only did I have wealth, I had extraordinary health. I was in great shape. I married my dream girl from the fourth grade, and I finally got her to go out with me after years of rejection. And I, I deserved it. I threw an egg at her in the sixth grade camp because she <laughs> won't go steady with me. But moreover, I had the dream house. I had three mm -hmm. beautiful daughters. I had the dream family. I had the dream boats. I owned a golf course, a ski mountain. I had more money than I knew what to do with. And yet, when I looked at the ceiling in my beautiful home in Rancho Santa Fe, I remember thinking so many nights, oh, shit, what am I supposed to do? Where that was never an issue when I lived in the world of not enough. But somehow in this world of for me, uh, I lived in a world of scarcity and, and negotiation and trading. And everything revolved around economics and money and uh, it took losing everything over $100 million to shift my paradigm, my perspective, so that I could be fulfilled to live this passionate, purposeful, and profitable life. Yeah. Everybody I've interviewed so far, they've all reached um, what I'm calling the fork in the road, where something in their life happened pretty tragically, and they <clears throat> made a choice to learn the lesson and do better or get stuck and go down. And I would love to know what propelled you to pick up, keep going. What was it, what were you feeling like at that point in the journey and what propelled you? You know, it was a very tenuous time. I talk about the only limitation of my past is the meaning that I give those defining moments, those inflection points. And if we give those defined moments the wrong meaning, uh, we can spiral, we can create all types of interference and obstacles, depression, anxiety, even suicide. And I decided to give a meaning different than what most people would losing everything. My yeah. wife threatened to leave me, uh, told me that uh, I wasn't living my life uh, with the values of who I was and that I better take stock in those values and not only who I was, but what I wanted to become because she felt in the trajectory that I was in that I'd end up dead and she didn't want to be around to watch that or uh, to see my children witness that as well. So. Uh, you know, I made a conscious decision to give a meaning uh, to this loss. I, I gave meaning uh, that I'm going to, from now on, be protected and promoted. Uh, no longer would I be punished. And in order to feel that way, to believe that, to think that, to say that and do it, I had to believe there was something bigger than me, um, which I didn't. I was the biggest. I was the reason. I was in control. And when I submitted with radical humility... Uh, that there's something bigger than me that loved me more than my mom. As you recognized early on in the interview, and as we are close friends, you know how much my mom means to me. But I recall being three years old, and this may sound like a silly story, but this story changed my entire paradigm, 
gave me a new meaning to the defining moment of losing everything. When I was three, my mom never yelled. My, my mom never hit. Uh, in fact, my wife always tells my mom still today, she's 80 years old. She says, you know what Dave's problem is, Karen? My mom's name's Karen. You know what Dave's problem is? You never hit him. Uh, so she, <laughs> she uh, and I tell her all the time, my mom did hit me one time. And this is what changed my life. I was three years old and the stove was on. It's a gas stove and I could see that flame. I still remember it. I could barely reach up to it, but man, did it look like something that I wanted. And I remember reaching out to put my hand onto that flame and my mom slapped the crap out of my hand and she screamed at me, not yelled, screamed, no, don't do that. And oh, my eyes were this big. My tears were flowing down. I looked at her. I'm like, mom, what did I do? I'm so sorry. Why, why are you punishing me? Why did you hit me? Why are you yelling at me? Why? And she hugged me immediately as she, of course, always did. And she said, no, 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 I'm not punishing you. I'm protecting you. Mm. I'm promoting you. You just don't know what that fire is going to do to you. Mm. And I didn't know what all that money was doing to me. I didn't know what all those people that I had surrounded myself with were doing to me. I didn't know all those ideas that were going through my head, what they were doing and aggregating a community, my actions, my words, my beliefs, and my feelings. I didn't know. And so this source that's so much bigger than me, that loves me even more than my mom, that rarely ever has to yell or slap, it, it slapped me. And it mm -hmm. said, I'm here to protect and promote you. And that paradigm shift has allowed me to pursue my potential, to utilize my fear, not only to get up and to get started, but to utilize it to get out of my own way, to recognize, to remember, to recollect, to identify what I do, to interfere with what I already am. You see, I always live my life to get more happy, more healthy, more wealthy, and more worthy. Now I am. I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am worthy. All I do every day is figure out what I'm doing to interfere with it. And I spend minutes and moments in that interference, not days, not weeks, not months or years as I did before, just minutes and moments outside of the truth of my potential. Right. You have such an amazing spirit, Dave, which is one of the reasons the very first time I heard you speak, I thought I have got to meet this man. Um, I remember the Think and Grow Rich conference. You came up to the stage. It was wonderful. Yes, it was. And I was just so touched because you were the first speaker ever, ever first male speaker I've ever seen cry on stage. And I thought, oh my gosh, this man has such depth. I just had to get to know you. And once I learned your story and everything you've been through, just are amazing, Dave. So you connected to a higher source. And you're at this place where you're thinking, okay, I've lost it all. What's next? And if anybody's listening that's been kind of in similar shoes, Dave, what two or three things would you say you did step-by-step step to kind of move you forward in a new trajectory? Well, I started figuring out daily practices. Uh, I think really small each day, but really big into the future. So I always tell people that when I meet someone, I want them to be terrified of my future. I want to be terrified myself of how big I think the future. In fact, my mission in my future is to empower the world, to change the world, to be happy over a billion people. But if you looked at my calendar today, uh, I have small 
steps. Anything that I do today, nothing would be terrifying or even scary. It would be a lot. I'm very active. I'd be very efficient and productive and accessible, but nothing that I do each day, but it aggregates on itself. And so I decided to enjoy the consistent every day, enjoy it, persistent without quit, enjoy it, pursuit of my potential. No longer was I going to try to please other people of what they want for me, no matter how much they love me, it was going to be what I want, who could help me and who I could help with what I want, how best could I get it done and be accountable uh, for that by prioritizing the participation in the perception of what I wanted to get done and who I could help, who could help me and how to do so. In other words, no longer was I in search of a why. I now was going to apply my why through my intellect, through my intuition and my own inspiration. And so I created five daily practices based on my values. And I practice those every single day to aggregate and compound in a trajectory of what I think I want in the future, keeping an open mind an open heart and open hands, allowing everything to come through me in a world of more than enough of everything, an infinite world of more than enough of everything for everyone, not a world for me, where I buy things I don't need to impress people I don't like, and definitely not a world of not enough to me as a victim, but mm-hmm. a world of through me where I appreciate everything I have. I acknowledge it by not only giving it away, but you acquire the knowledge of what you have by not having it anymore. So I allow it to be stolen and cheated and lost. It doesn't matter. I have acknowledgement in my life Because there's one thing I learned to do, one thing that I discussed with you to help you as well, is I learned to ask for more. I believe in infinite abundance and more than enough. And therefore, when I ask for more, I'm adding value, not a zero-sum game. I'm not taking away from the universe when I ask. I'm adding value to the people that I ask for help from. I'm adding value to the universe when I ask for what I want and who I can help and who can help me. I live in a value-add world of abundance, a world of more than enough of everything for everyone. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you said that, Dave, because I was I was going to ask you to talk about the asking. Because almost every time I hear you speak live, which is like all the time, you're everywhere, Dave. Thank you. Um, You always talk about the asking. And you know what I think is so important about, especially you at the level of success you're at, is not only do I know that you keep asking, but you encourage me to keep asking. Like doing this podcast, there was no hesitation. You said, ask me anything you need and I'll be here. And I think so many times when people are in a struggle like this, they're afraid to ask, ask, especially from people like you, Dave, that are super busy, have so many businesses you're running and very successful. They think, you know, I can't, I can't do that. I can't ask for help. But I think it's so important that you said that. Well, I want people to think about one thing and I know uh, I'm blessed that you do ask uh, and you did ask for me to be here is that nothing made my day more. And I had extraordinary activities today than knowing that Mm -hmm. you are asking me for my help, that you appreciate me enough to bring me on. You uh, acknowledge the value of the stories and the lessons of what I have. And it's so ironic that we feel so good when someone asks us for help, but we're afraid to give that privilege, that honor, that value to someone else. Become an investment of all, become an investment of others. 
ask for help. Ask in person, ask on the phone, ask via email, ask via social media, traditional media. I actually, Carrie, I check my sent box every day to see at every ask on my emails. Does it say, will you help me with my charity? Does it say, will you share my content and do good deeds? Does it say, will you download my podcast or rate or review it? What does it say? Because I'm wasting value if I'm not asking in each and every action and activity that I do. Mm, It's amazing. So David, moving forward, you have so many things going on in your life right now. And I would love to share. I would love for you to share some of those things. Uh, so I don't overlook anything. And I would love for people to know how to start following you because seriously, you all, this man pours into other people like, like nobody's business. (laughs) So, so good. Thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. And, you know, I give most of my content for free. So the best thing you can do is email me to start just David at dmelzer.com. I send my books for free. I pay for shipping. I pay for the books and I sign them. My podcast is free. There's no sponsorships or downloads, uh, advertisements. I have over 1,200 episodes, kind of a Napoleon Hill of podcasting. The biggest billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, entertainers, giving their roadmap, their playbook to success. It's called The Playbook. Uh, So all my books, guys, I give free Friday trainings. We're over 70,000 people registered every Friday over 23 years. Um, I have an office hours group where you can meet me on Mondays for an hour and ask me anything. Um, I do lives every day for free. Uh, But the best thing to do is, hey, email me. Let me know how I can be of service or value to you. Let me know how I can help. I'm one degree of separation from so many people. I have exercises, guides, books for free. Um, and I would love to, to be of service and of value. One of the neat nuances of uh, my life is later on in life, I never even thought about the, the, my name. And as I, especially the last five years, set forth on this journey to be of service and value, to change the world, to empower over a billion people to be happy, to teach people to make money, help people and have fun. My name actually means beloved servant. David is beloved. Meltzer is waiter or servant. And I have found uh, my destiny. I'm surrounding myself with the right people and the right ideas, which is proof of me being here because my frequency is my neighborhood. And you are definitely a neighbor of mine at a higher frequency, a higher potential. You bring such love and joy to the world. I'm so proud of you for doing the podcast. I hope you ask me for more. I hope you ask others for more. And I appreciate the opportunity of being here. Oh, Dave, seriously, my cup runneth over right now. Thank you so very much. I, I just value your time and value you as a friend, as a mentor, as just somebody who's teaching me a lot. So I thank you. Thank you, my friend. I will see you soon. Thank you, everyone. Make thank sure you, you follow Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for watching this podcast. I'm Carrie Conley, your host. And I'm here to remind you to keep looking up. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, please share it with a friend or a family member. In order to be successful on this mission, I can't do it alone. Connect with me at www.carryconley.com. And don't forget to sign up for my weekly Do It On Purpose newsletter. Let's build this life-giving vision movement together to end this epidemic, save lives, and create purpose. Mm -hmm.